You're listening to a Thorn Creek Weekend Message Podcast. For more audio content and other resources, visit thorncreek.church slash messages. Amen. First off, I'm, uh, I'm humbled to be able to bring the word to you today. What an honor. I truly see this as a privilege. Uh, let me pray, and then I want to dive into this, this really powerful word that the Lord gave me this week. Heavenly Father, speak to us right now. God, we surrender ourselves to you. We surrender our, our time, any distractions, Lord, that we may have. And right now, God, we just want to focus solely on you. God, speak to us wherever we are right now. Give us your words, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, if you are just joining us, we are in a series right now called Life After the Tomb. And each week we're kind of looking at, at what happened, you know, after Easter. Um, I got to tell you, Easter is an amazing, amazing day. It's an amazing service. It's, it's a, it is the cornerstone, right, of our belief. It's a party. We truly look at the Easter service as a celebration. It's a party. And so we just celebrated that. We partied that uh, a few weeks ago. And, and, and Easter really, it's just a giant celebration, um, by Jesus doing what was thought by many to be impossible. But you know one thing I love is that word impossible is not in God's vocabulary. Amen? Say amen at home. Put amen in the chat. Um, impossible is not in God's vocabulary. It doesn't exist. There's nothing that God can't do. And so now we're, we're looking into what happened after the resurrection. And we know from reading scripture that after Jesus rose from the grave, he comes back and he meets with several people um, before he finally ascends into heaven. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Reuben preached on what happened on Emmaus Road, which is when Jesus has an encounter with two men who are walking to Emmaus. It's about a two and a half hour walk. And he meets with them and they're telling him about all the things that happened, right? About all the things that Jesus had done. And so this is where we're at today in the story. I invite you with, uh, with me to grab a Bible, uh, open up to Matthew chapter 28. These are the last words that Matthew, the previous tax collector, the writer of this gospel, these are the, the last words that he writes uh, in his gospel. So Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, you can read along with me. It says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Oh man, I love that. I need to read that again. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything, not just some things, not just the things we like. No, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this passage right here that we just read is called the Great Commission. Okay, the Great Commission. This is God's charge and orders to the church forever. This didn't just stop with the disciples. This isn't just for some people. This is God's call, his charge, the entire purpose, the, the, our, our sole focus in the church is continuing and furthering the word of God. If you were looking at your plate right now, if you were at a nice restaurant, this is the main course. 
This is the meat. This is the delicious. The, this is what we are to focus on. Now, it's all important in here in the Bible, right? This is all, it's all important. It's all relevant. But this, the Great Commission, is God's charge to the church. It doesn't get any more crucial. In fact, everything we say and do and breathe in the life of the church is focused on this passage right here. We are called directly by God to accomplish this mission right here, to further the gospel, to continue the word of God, to continue to disciple and build up God's church. Bill Bright said it like this. He said, there is no higher calling or greater privilege known to man than being involved in helping fulfill the great commission. I love the way he said it, how he, he refers to it as a calling and a privilege. I love that, a calling and a privilege. This is the way we need to view it. But this, it can also be a challenging perspective. You're probably thinking on your life like, really? The most important calling? Yes, the most important calling in your life. My guess is if I asked people in, in general in the world today, if I, walked up to, if I went up to people on the street and I said, hey, what's your greatest calling in your life? They would say something like to raise my children well, to build a great career, to retire young as I can and, and, and travel, or just to be a good person to everyone, etc. But the truth is, our greatest calling in life is to further the gospel of Jesus to everyone and everywhere we possibly can. But, but this is so much more than talking to the barista at Starbucks about Jesus. This is so much more than talking to your friends and family about who Jesus is. This is about discipleship. And true discipleship requires more time, effort, and patience. It's a lifestyle that must be chosen and lived and pursued. It's something that we have to say yes to every single day, every moment, to say, yes, Jesus, I am a disciple and I want to disciple others. It's our focus. But it requires us to start thinking about people in our lives and thinking about ways that we can better encourage them, that we can lift them up, that we can be there for them. It will require sacrifice of our time, our emotions, and even our desires. But guys, this is what obedience looks like. True obedience means being willing to sacrifice. True obedience means, God, I'm willing to set aside my own preferences for your mission and for your calling in my life. Jesus, I'm going to say yes to your word and to fulfill the Great Commission. That should be our sole focus. As I look at this passage, the first thing I notice is the 11 disciples, they were obedient. Even though some doubted, They were obedient. Keep in mind, this is after Jesus died and was put in the tomb and comes back to life again. And Jesus appears to to Mary and, and she goes and she tells the disciples and some doubted, but they still went to the mountain that Jesus asked them to go. If we look at verses 16 and 17 again, it says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Can you just imagine this scene with me for a second? Uh, imagine you, you go to this mountainside and there's the Lord, Jesus. The last time you saw him, he looked a lot different. The last time you saw him, he was hanging on a cross, lifeless. 
had to be pulled off of the cross and put in a tomb. That's the last time. So now they see Jesus and he's standing in front of them and they are so overwhelmed that they can't help themselves but to bow down and lift up their hands and they worship him as God. But there were still some who doubted. There were still some over here who were looking like, could it be? I don't know. I watched him die. I lived with him. I, I, I love him. I, and, and I saw what happened to him. There, there's no way. I, maybe they're just shocked. They're blown away. But once Jesus was, was put in the tomb, they went back to what they knew. They went back to fishing. They, they, they went back. But, but three days later, Jesus comes back. And here he meets with them. We read some doubted. Can you blame them? Honestly. I think they were struggling to reconcile what they were seeing with their own eyes. But see, this doubt really speaks to our human nature. Even though they, even though they literally did life with God in the flesh, they, they did life with Jesus himself. They watched him perform miracles. They, they witnessed his teaching. They, they, they did life with Jesus every day. And yet still, even they doubted Jesus. See, as I read this, I'm reminded that people are just like sheep. We are. We need constant direction. We need to hear the voice of our shepherd. We need to hear the voice of God, which is why being in God's word is so crucial, which is why church attendance is so important, which is why discipleship is essential, and which is why the Great Commission is is just as relevant, if not more, today than it was then. Because we can need to continuously hear the voice of our shepherd, otherwise we will go astray. We will find ourselves lost. We will find ourselves in doubt. I don't want to be like the doubters. I want to be like the worshipers. I want to be one of those who who, who is worshiping Jesus immediately after seeing him falling to my knees and worshiping him. I imagine some of them were just weeping in pure joy as they saw their Savior is alive. And at that moment, those who were worshiping Jesus knew that it was time to take this seriously, that the Great Commission needed to happen now, not tomorrow. We can't just take a break and chill. No, the Great Commission needs to happen today, now. And we need to recognize this in our own lives as well. There needs to be some more urgency in us, church. We need to be more urgent about the Great Commission here. This needs to light a fire under us. All of us need this. All of us need to be changed by the gospel to the point to where our lives are no longer the same because now it's no longer about me. It's about how can I fulfill the great commission in my life? How can I further point to Jesus in my own life? So let me ask you this question. Which one are you? Are you the person standing over here in doubt or are you the person who's on your knees worshiping Jesus? Even though sometimes it doesn't make sense. Are you over here worshiping Jesus or are you on the side saying, I don't know. I want to be over here. See, we know which one we are by the way that we live our lives, whether we're a worshiper or a doubter. It is the Great Commission, right? And I want to ask you this question. Is the Great Commission an option for you? Or is it your life? Is it just a good idea? Or is it my everything? Charles R. Swindoll said it like this. Whatever we do, 
whatever we do, we must not treat the Great Commission like it's the great suggestion. It's the commission. It's not the suggestion. There's no plan B. There's no other option. It is the great commission. It is our calling. It is the, the blood and the spirit and the life of the church. It is what we are called to do. Not to doubt on the side. Not to be comfortable over here. I don't believe God's goal for our life is comfort. I believe God's goal for our life is to continue to fulfill his mission and purpose. Because heaven and hell are at stake. This is real. Right here needs to, it lies the question we need to ask ourselves. Do I live my life like it's the great commission or the great suggestion? Is it just an option or is it your everything? See, we sometimes doubt ourselves. We think, well, I don't know enough about the Bible to teach anyone anything. Or we think we have too many issues to help someone. We think that it's the pastor's job to disciple people. Or we just don't feel like we have the time or the energy. And the list just goes on and on and on. But Charles Swindoll is absolutely right. The Great Commission is God's big charge to the church, and it is not a suggestion. It is not an option. We are called by God right here and right now to live this out today. I want you to hear this. The Great Commission is not just a calling for pastors and missionaries. It is the single most important calling in your life. This is not just for pastors and missionaries. This is for everyone. We are all called to fulfill the great commission of Jesus, the great commission of the church, the mission that Jesus left for us to do. But don't worry, we're not alone. He's with us. I want to ask you this. What if we all started living like we all just heard for the first time that that Jesus is no longer in the grave? What if just now, for the first time, you just heard, put yourself in the disciples' shoes. You just heard, he is risen. He's not here. And we have a job to do. That would get some excitement in us. We We need to be filled with that passion. Can you just imagine with me what the church would look like today if we all lived with that passion? If we all lived like that was everything that was the most important thing to us? David Kim, he said it like this. He said, The Great Commission will not be fulfilled with our spare time or spare money. That is so true. We already don't have enough spare time left over. We already don't have enough spare money left over. And, and, and I don't, I don't want to give God my leftovers. I don't want to give God my leftovers. So, so why would, and God doesn't give us his leftovers. So why should we settle to give him ours? See, God wants all of you. He wants your heart, your life, your time. See, there is urgency that we need to be pushing, encouraging, and loving others to grow deeper and deeper in their walk with Jesus. There's an urgency under us that we should all be taking really seriously because the Great Commission is not an option. It's a mission that God gave us. Verses 19 and 20 say this again. It says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I, I love the urgency here as it says go. It, it doesn't say if you feel like it later, go ahead, that's cool. No, therefore go and make disciples. See, making disciples is so much different than just talking about God. It's, as I mentioned earlier, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's about, I know this person, they're, they're maybe new in their faith. I'm going to start mentoring them. I want to meet with them. I want to talk with them regularly and say, how is your walk with God doing? And I want them to ask me the same thing. And I want us to teach each other about the word of God. See, that's beautiful. Imagine if every one of us was discipling one person. Imagine the impact that God could have through us if that was the case. See, it speaks with urgency. Sometimes we have to learn how to run before we can walk. Sometimes we have to learn how to run before we can walk. See, the the urgency of the Great Commission requires us to run. This verse makes it sound like we need to be going all over the world to preach the gospel, which I think is true, but what about your life here and now? See, as it talks about going out into the nations, well, let's think about a little bit about where are the places that you go? See, this, this is talking about your workplace, Your mission field is your workplace. It's the gym where you work out. It's the grocery store. It's the gas station. It's your family and your friends and your school. See, this is a calling for us to go out everywhere we go. Verse 20 tells us to be teachers. This also requires us to make sure, and this part's important, that we understand the Bible. And the only way to understand the Bible is to study it and to read it. Don't expect to be able to understand everything tomorrow. It's okay. It's a journey. You're going to be studying this book every day for the rest of your life. So it's okay. You're going to continue to learn more and more and more. But don't give up. Don't put this on the shelf and leave it aside. Be in God's word. Learn the sound of his voice. It's crucial that we are in God's word. See, the only way we will get it is if we think back to the moment when we first believed in Jesus and chose to follow him. Do you remember that moment? Do you remember that moment in your own life when you first accepted Jesus? Do you remember what that moment was like? Where were you? What was happening around you? For me, it was a moment I'll never forget. It was June 2006. I was at a summer camp. I was a middle schooler. My life was horrible other than, uh, I mean, you know, my family was, was completely falling apart. And the, it, in those times, in that moment in my life, the only thing that really was, was solid was that I knew that there was a God who loved me. And so I devoted myself, man, I was at the church all the time. I went to the church daily um, just to spend time with God and my, and my Christian friends. But do you remember that day you first believed? See, for me, I want everyone, even the people who have hurt me in my life, to understand what it means to be forgiven and loved by Jesus, don't you? I want everyone to know what that feels like. And my hope and my prayer is that we populate heaven with souls and we depopulate hell. That heaven becomes a giant party. It already is, but, but the more, the merrier. 
Some of us need a reminder of that moment when we first believed in Jesus. And, and maybe when you get that reminder, when you think back and you remember how that felt, that will motivate you to fulfill the great commission that's been given to us. That we want everyone to know Jesus. We want everyone to, to live a life that is loved by God and forgiven. See, that is the church. The church is this. It is a group of people who are completely free, who are forgiven, who are loved by God. That's the church, a collection of forgiven and free people. See, a healthy church is full of people who understand the Great Commission and who live it out daily. A healthy church is full of people who understand the Great Commission and who live it out daily. Rick Warren said this, he said, a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church. Isn't that good? A great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church. Where are you at on that? Are you committed? Are you in it? But this is a great quote, but it requires people like you and me to make a great commitment to the Great Commission. And when we talk about a great church, we're not only talking about Thorn Creek here. Yes, we want Thorn Creek to be great, but we're talking about God's church. We're talking about global. We're talking about everyone here. We are talking about people coming to know Jesus and being committed to the great commission, to the great commandment, to this calling that Jesus has placed on our life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just sit back and not take this seriously. This is an important part of our daily life, of our walk with Jesus, to be commissioned to go and to spread the word of God to anyone and everyone that we can and to disciple the people that we love and that we know. This requires people like you and me to take this seriously, to take the church seriously, to take the calling of God seriously. This means when you go to work, your focus is, who do I know here that doesn't know Jesus and how can I make an impact? How can I show them the love of God because I don't want anyone to suffer? Heaven and hell are at stake. This is real for us. See, we are the church But the church is so much bigger than us. The church is global. It is God's collection of people in the world who are living out his mission and his calling on our life. See, we are part of something so much bigger. So I want to ask you a few questions here. Will you join me in building the kingdom of God by committing to discipleship? Will will you find somebody Will you think of somebody in your life, could be family, could be a friend, a relative, whatever, find somebody and join me in building the kingdom of God by committing to disciple them? Will, will you commit to discipling someone? Will you grow closer to Jesus together and welcome anyone that you can along the way? Will you not do it alone? Will you commit to Jesus' calling on your life as the number one most important thing? As the most important thing in your life, will you commit to Jesus' calling, to this great commission, to the mission of God? Will you commit to that as the most important thing? Will you surrender your time? Will you surrender your preferences, your comfort zone, and your whole self to the mission of Jesus? 
Will you join me in the greatest mission ever given to human beings? And this mission has been set for over 2,000 years. Will you join me? Will we come together? Will we collectively say, yes, I choose today to follow Jesus and I don't want to just live for myself, but I want to live for others. I want to accomplish. I want to fulfill. I want to be part of what God is doing in the world. See, God's working in you, but God is working in the world as well. And don't you want to be part of that? Don't you want to be part of what God is doing in the world and, and, and realize that God is doing so much more than what's happening in your cluster? Do you want to be kingdom builders? Do you want to be faithful? Do you want to follow God? Do you want to commit to building his church together? We shouldn't be satisfied. We should never be satisfied. We should fight that feeling of being satisfied and be committed to following Jesus wholeheartedly. So I encourage you to take this commission by God seriously. And let's do this together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for this calling you've put on our life. I thank you, God, for the great commission. And God, I pray that we don't take it as the great suggestion. God, I pray that we, we vow to say, I want to follow you, Jesus, and I want to take as many people along with me as I possibly can. Jesus, will you give us the strength and the courage? Give us opportunities to show others what it means to follow you in this world that we live in today. God, we want to be faithful followers of you. We want to build your church. We want to build your kingdom. We want to be used by you in the world, God, in such a powerful way. And so we ask you, use us, God. Give us opportunities to, to be used by you, God to accomplish big things. If you're sitting at home and you want to say that prayer, you want, you want more of God in your life and you're not satisfied, I invite you to say this prayer with me. Say, God, take me to the next level. God, take me another step. God, give me opportunities to fulfill your great commission. God, help me change my mindset. I want to be others-focused, God. I want to be commission-focused. I don't want to be me-focused anymore. Jesus, from now on, it's all about you and what you want. God, help me to get my family. Help me and my family to, to commit to this as well. God, I want to do this with you. So Jesus, move in us. We love you. God, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Each year, thousands of Thorn Creek Church messages are downloaded for free. This ministry is generously supported by Thorn Creek Church members and listeners like you. If you'd like to support this ministry, please consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting thorncreek.church/give.